Welcome to the Three Martini Lunch. Grab a stool next to Greg Corumbus of Radio America and Jim Garrity of National Review. Three Martinis coming up. Oh, grab a stool. It's going to be a busy one today. It's impeachment day, don't you know, in Washington, D.C. Jim, there's so much drama in the air because there's one or two members who haven't announced what they're doing. Uh, Once all the moderates fell into line or just about all the moderates fell into line on the Democratic side, a uh, completely foreseeable outcome became pretty much locked in. Well, it's just a matter of seeing what the actual vote totals are, but I'm sure you'll be locked in all day long to the debate, right? Yes, as the famous Bernie Sanders impersonator Larry David said, curb your enthusiasm, which, uh, as you can guess in our case, can't get curbed much more. But I guess that's a good segue to our first martini, Greg. It most certainly is, uh, because the Democrats are finally getting uh, what they wanted, uh, so much so to the point where Nancy Pelosi is actually giving out instructions to Democratic House members today not to gloat. She actually has to do this for some reason. Axios, House Democratic leaders told caucus members not to cheer or applaud when today's impeachment vote totals are announced. Uh, One Democratic member from a Trump one district said the instruction is, quote, don't cheer, keep it solemn, which is what you always have to do, Jim, when you uh, are confident that your caucus is taking a solemn approach to everything. So the Democrats in the House are being kept into line, but we all know And first of all, Jim, I'm pretty sure that they're going to cheer anyway. But we all know deep down most of them are channeling uh, Rashida Tlaib from the day she was sworn in this year. And when your son looks at you and says, Mama, look, you won, bullies don't win. And I say, baby, they don't. Because we're going to go in there we're going to impeach the mother... So, Jim, we all know that's what they're really feeling. I'm not sure why they're hiding it, but uh, I'm sure you'll enjoy the fake solemnity tonight, too. Well, I was going to say, notice the reaction of that crowd. There there was no, oh, oh, Congresswoman-elect Rashida Tlaib, how can you take that tone? Impeachment is very sad. Very, very sad. Look at us. Look look at how how solemn we are. Uh, I understand Pelosi also issued uh, other helpful hints like be sad at funerals, be joyous at weddings and baptisms and such. Um, Look, I don't think, I, I suppose they should be compared to, you know, uh, turning it into a raucous, you know, rollicking, big celebratory party like, you know, Paul Wellstone's funeral or something like that. Um, you know, that, that, yeah, ideally the impeachment of the president of the United States should not be something that anybody responds to with a woohoo or, or anything like that. This is, you know, but one, we know from the reaction of Rashida Tlaib, like certainly there are some Democrats who are gleeful on the inside, who are thrilled on the inside. Um, and I also I don't think it really matters how Democrats feel about impeachment. I think what matters is that they're impeaching the president. Um, votes are binary. Uh, as I wrote earlier today in the corner, you either vote to impeach or you don't. I suppose you could vote present if you were, you know, Senator or state legislator Barack Obama. Um, <laughs> you know, there's no asterisks they put next to it to say that, well, they voted yes, but they hesitated or you know, they had mixed feelings. They regretted the decision. No, it either is or you don't. And if you if you feel like it's the right decision, you probably should feel, if not proud, then you should probably feel confident. You, you know, this this was the right decision. This was something we needed to do. Maybe you don't turn it into a party, but I don't, you know, I, I don't think there's any opponent of impeachment who's going to say, well, at least they feel bad about it. <laughs> and I don't think there's any proponent who'd be like, whoa, 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 they're happy about it? Okay, I don't support it anymore. It adds to the the sense that this is all theater. We've been making the comparison to Kabuki theater since the beginning. 
on paper the optics are better if, if the Democrats look solemn, but one, I don't have much faith that they're going to do it. And uh, I don't think it makes much difference in the end. They wanted the country to feel a certain way about this. And I don't know whether you want to attribute it to exhaustion. I don't know whether you want to attribute it to people just getting used to Trump or whether people genuinely think Trump didn't do anything wrong in this situation. Whatever it is, this, the messaging has not gone the way the Democrats wanted. And now they're just kind of going through the motions today. Nancy Pelosi is on the floor as we record this, and she's wearing black as if she is at a funeral. So she's at least following her own memo here. Jim, I have a feeling I can't prove it. Uh, I think Pelosi would have been reluctant to do this, but she might have if the pressure had gotten far enough along. You know, Jerry Nadler wanted to pursue impeachment just based on the fact that uh, Bob Mueller said he couldn't put forth a charge on obstruction of justice because uh, it was determined that uh, sitting president can't be charged. He wanted to do that. There's all the emolument stuff. So even if there hadn't been a Ukraine call, uh, you have to wonder whether we would have gotten here at all. The entire morning jolt is about how this this was a collision course that was destined to happen. Uh, and I think it, you know, you could, put, you could point out to, I went back and I found this 83% of Hillary Clinton voters uh, in a public policy polling survey said that Trump should be impeached three weeks into his presidency. You know, as soon as there was a Democratic House, this was pretty likely. Clearly, Trump doesn't believe, he doesn't see Trump as a co-equal branch of government. I wrote that this morning and somebody pointed out, Jim, Trump doesn't see anybody as his co-equal in anything. And I think that's probably an accurate assessment. Well, uh, so as soon as you have a Democratic House and a president who feels like you can ignore them and a, you know, this was destined to happen. And here we are. I don't think anybody's surprised. And it just feels like something we all just have to get over, uh, get through it today. And then tomorrow we move on to much more important topics like, you know, is the Star Wars movie any good? <laughs> Jim, I don't know if you have this habit. I, I had it for a while and I've, I've kind of tapered off now. But uh, the first several years I was in Washington, I collected headlines from papers when there was momentous news happening. Uh, Bush v. Gore, uh, Saddam Hussein's killed. I think the last one I picked up was when Obama got elected. But the first one I picked up was Clinton impeached, Washington Post. And there's a great picture of him with his defiant uh, event out there at the White House after the House voted. And Al Gore's there clapping, and he's got this far-off stare of, oh, man, this campaign's going to get a lot more complicated now. Uh, but on the sidebar of the Washington Post that day that says, mostly partisan vote shifts drama to Senate. Think we'll get that same subhead tomorrow? We will see, Greg. I'm not, not <laughs> counting on it. We won't, because it won't be a mostly partisan vote. It'll be a pretty much straight-up uh... partisan vote. Yes, exactly. All right. Well... The holiday season is upon us, and we're going to talk more about impeachment, too. But uh, Christmas is now what, a week from today. Christmas Day, one week away. Wow. Uh, and the New Year's Day is just two weeks away. We're almost done with 2019. Time of the year where we get together with family and friends, and we like to take a lot of pictures. Hey, haven't seen you in a long time. You want to look good. But uh, when you've got wrinkles and crow's feet and under eye bags, you figure, well, I wish I could... Look a little bit better, but uh, I'm just getting older. Can I do anything about that? Nobody wants to have that happen, but now you can imagine they're gone, and you can take steps to make sure they are gone. And we're not talking about risky, expensive surgery. We're talking about getting rid of these things in just minutes with Plexiderm, a clinically studied serum that visibly eliminates your wrinkles, crow's feet, and those under-eye bags in just minutes. It's exactly what you need to get through this holiday season and way beyond. Now you won't have to imagine how you would look anymore. You will look like yourself just 10 years younger. Plexiderm can give you the confidence you need to face that judgmental family member. We all have one. And the best part is Plexiderm goes on clear, so no one will know that you're using it unless you tell them. Get Plexiderm's holiday promotion. Go to triplexiderm.com and use our code MARTINI for 50% off plus an additional $10 off. 
That's right, 50% off plus an extra $10 off. The offer is also available by calling 1-800-685-1292 and mentioning the code MARTINI. Plexiderm is backed by a 30-day money-back guarantee, so visit triplexiderm.com today and use the code MARTINI at checkout. That's triplexiderm.com. Jim, I'm watching the Republicans now, and they all have diagonal striped ties. So I don't know if there's just coordinated wardrobes going on all over the place today. But uh, you know what it's saying, Greg? It says this whole investigation of the president has been slanted from the beginning. <laughs> the country's going downhill because of it. Oh, amazing. All right. Well, so the House is going to impeach today. We know that's going to happen. Both articles, despite the fact there's that one guy from Maine, I think it is, that's going to vote for one and not vote for the other. Either way, it's uh, supposed to head to the Senate after that, and we still assume that it will. But because Mitch McConnell is uh, openly talking about uh, coordinating with the White House and the fact that he's pretty much stiff-arming Chuck Schumer's demand for witnesses like John Bolton and Mick Mulvaney and some other folks, there's now a growing effort on the part of some to maybe not send the articles of impeachment to the Senate right away. One of those people who is in favor of this idea is Maryland Democratic Senator Chris Van Hollen, who's a former member of the House. And he told MSNBC, quote, I think the reason Republicans are so determined not to have these witnesses that come forward is that they could say something even more incriminating than the evidence that we've already got. The only reason for them to hide it is there's more incriminating evidence. If you're going to have something, you're going to call a trial that it has to be open and fair. And so so what are you going to do if they don't, Senator Van Hollen? One is that we get enough Republican senators who recognize that without the ability to call real fact witnesses, the so-called trial in the Senate looks like a sham, and so they vote with us, he said. Another alternative, which I think should be considered, is Speaker Pelosi could hold the articles of impeachment after they've been voted in the House and say to Mitch McConnell, look, we want to make sure there's a fair trial in the United States Senate. So basically he's saying that unless the Republicans in the majority, mind you, agree to what the Democrats want to be the process for a Senate impeachment trial, then the House is just going to hang on to those articles of impeachment and there just won't be a trial. Jim, I'm sure Republicans are just, please don't throw me into that briar patch. Just about to say, you can almost hear all the Republican senators saying, oh no, they might not send over the articles of impeachment and we wouldn't get a chance to vote on it. We wouldn't irk a whole bunch of people in our primary or in the general election. We'd, we'd avoid this deeply controversial topic that angers a big chunk of voters on either side, no matter what we do. We would just avoid all that. We just have to sit here and vote for judges for the rest of the year. Oh, no. <laughs> you know, like It reminded me of Blazing Saddles when the sheriff takes himself hostage. Nobody in the Republicans are really itching to vote on. I mean, is it conceivable that four Republican senators would say, well, clearly we have to have a, f- uh, a fair trial. Clearly, Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats have a really good point here. We're going to m- vote with the other 47 Democrats to change. I suppose they could. But look, Greg, I assume you've noticed that impeachment goes from a legal process to a political process and back depending on what anybody needs at any given moment, right? <laughs> yes. Because, you know, whenever the Republicans are like, well, we got to call in, and the House Republicans wanted to call in Hunter Biden, they wanted to call in Joe Biden, they wanted to bring in all these other witnesses, and uh, the argument was no! They wasn't sure they are going to allow the Trump uh, lawyers or White House lawyers to cross-examine witnesses. It's like, wait a minute, wait a minute, this is not a trial, There is no right to confront your accuser in impeachment. Impeachment is a political process. So you move to the Senate. And I know it's going to shock people, 
but it turns out a bunch of people in the president's party don't want to see him impeached. None of this happened in 1998. If we all remember back then, every Senate Democrat was like, look, I am completely open-minded to the possibility of impeaching the president of the United States. It's quite possible Bill Clinton has this coming and the best thing to do. No, so, you know, the old thing about, you know, Trump's joke about shooting people on Sixth Avenue. It would probably have to require something like that to get the you know, Republican senators to say, OK, we support impeachment. And even then, you know, there are probably a couple who would be saying, OK, but who did he shoot and where did he hit him? You know, of course, McConnell's going to be looking, you know, working closely with the White House on this. When you impeach a president whose party has the majority in the Senate, you're going to get stuff like this. Right. Kamala Harris, by the way, said that if she was elected president. The Department of Justice would indict Trump. Never mind what the evidence finds. Like, you know, like she's already decided. It doesn't matter who she appoints as attorney general. You know, do you think Kamala Harris is going into this as an impartial juror? No. Nobody's going into this as an impartial juror. Welcome to impeachment. It's not a legal process. It is indeed a political process. Them's the rules, folks. That's the way it's going to be, going to be handled. So, I, you know, I, I guess they could do this. I, I don't think you're, you'd suddenly have Mitch McConnell quaking in his boots. And I think they'd be really struggling to find four Senate Republicans who wanted to say, yes, we will stand with the House Democrats against our own uh, majority leader because, you know, you don't cross cocaine Mitch too many times and live to tell the tale. <laughs> right? I mean, like, you could do that, but, you know, McConnell could say, all right, fine, but, you know, I'm going to remember this. Um, and also, like, I mean, do you think that there's a certain type of uh, rules for the House that would that would actually change the outcome of the, the rules for the Senate trial that would change the outcome? No, I guess is no. no. I'm very skeptical that there's, you know, you could have a bazillion and one witnesses. You could have zero witnesses. I think the vote's going to be about the same. Now, the interesting thing is, Greg, let's say that they say, wait a minute, you know, you a two week trial. Are you kidding me? We need to have a, a full hearing on this. We need to have all these witnesses in here. I don't know. How do you think Bernie Sanders votes? Probably you not. Know, Elizabeth Warren, uh, Michael Bennett, who's still running, even though everybody's forgotten about him. Cory Booker, you know. Uh, Amy Klobuchar, you think all of them are like, no, no, let's make, let's take as much time as we need on this Senate trial, this process where we have to sit and watch all day and listen, and we're not allowed to say anything. We can't run to Iowa and New Hampshire and South Carolina and Nevada and all these other places we want to be because we're running for president. Um, could be a really interesting if you really, if push really came to shove on that. My guess is that the House will send over the articles of impeachment. Look, you know, the House didn't spend oodles and oodles of time on this. I think everybody feels like the facts are are pretty clear on his on this the big question is do you believe this warrants removing the president from office and you know almost every republican says no and almost every democrat says yes so why we need to drag this out is does not seem clear yeah and the short memories here and it really goes both ways when you look back uh, to 1998 1999 and it's a generation ago it, it looks even older than that because it's all in standard def when you go back and watch everything like uh <laughs> henry hyde's I mean, adler has lost like a hundred pounds since then yeah, he has. Yeah, right? I mean, like you know, he's still heavy set, but I mean, this you know, he, he he's like half the man he used to be. Literally, yeah, absolutely right. And uh, but I remember Larry King live because you know he had a, a show back then, CNN, pretty popular show at the time, and he had Democratic. Peoria, Sen- you're on the air. Democratic senator after Democratic senator uh, coming on and going even before the trial started, going, yeah, I don't, I don't see this. I'm, I'm not going to vote to convict. And nobody said a word because it's a political exercise. But now, when it's a Republican president, 
I can't believe there's not juror impartiality here. This is incredibly unprofessional. It's it's a crime against the judicial system. You even had Chuck Schumer back then who was in the House for the impeachment vote, but had won the Senate seat. And so he was a juror in the Senate, too. And he obviously came in having his mind already made up. So uh, the idea that this is somehow different uh, in terms of having your mind made up before you went in uh, is nothing new. It's just a different uh, set of circumstances. That's all. The only thing I disagree with you there, Greg, is that so you're telling me it's a generation since 1998? Well, that's what they used to say. I know people are getting so married you and I were later young now. Men then. You and I were young men then. Yes, we were. We're, we're not a whole generation away from being young men, Greg. It was, <laughs> it was only one, is it, uh, uh, two years. 21. Plus, it was only 22 years ago. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So less than a generation. The 20-year generation thing was kind of when people got married shortly out of high school and so forth. But uh, more recent generations have kind of spread that out a little bit. On to our final martini. Now, these are all crazy, by the way. Barack Obama has not said a whole lot in public, but uh, he said some things in public recently over in Singapore at an Obama Leaders Summit. Uh, As uh, Hot Air puts it, he spent a lot of time patting himself on the back for changing the world. But here's what he said that uh, makes you scratch your head a little bit more about where he stands in this 2020 Democratic primary. He's obviously stayed out of it. Biden claims that Obama wanted to endorse him, but Biden said, no, I need to do this on my own. I think as time goes on, we're buying that less and less. But uh, here's what uh, Obama said. Women, I just want you to know that you're not perfect, but what I can say pretty indisputably is that you're better than us, meaning the men. I'm absolutely confident that for two years, if every nation on earth was run by women, you would see a significant improvement across the board on just about everything, living standards and outcomes. If you look at the world and look at the problems, it's usually old people, usually old men, not getting out of the way. It's important for political leaders to try and remind themselves that you are there to do a job, but you are not there for life. You are not there in order to prop up your own sense of self-importance or your own power. Now, Jim, few people would know as much about self-importance as him, but this is obviously not exactly a guy who's uh, making statements like that and then turning around and wanting a guy pushing 80 years old who's been in government forever to be the next president. I was about to say, where was this attitude in spring of 2008? Hillary Clinton is just yelling at her television screen. Oh, you didn't want women in power then. Only now has he suddenly realized, look, you know, the idea of, of the idea of these narcissistic people being in power. Right. These these men in power who you know, constantly talk about how great they are. We all remember the number of times Obama during his speech would talk about his own profound humility. <laughs> he doesn't have regular humility like the rest of us. He doesn't have mundane humility. No, no, no. He has profound humility. His humility is so much better than the rest of ours. Us little peons. Um, now, here's the thing. If you said to uh, you know conservative conservatives hate women, well we all we all like Margaret Thatcher a lot. Yes. Um, if you wanted to say you know would you rather have uh, Joe Biden or Carly Fiorina be president? I know how a lot of conservatives would vote. You go down the list. There are you know, who's the rising star in Republican circles at the moment? Elise Stefanik, and the Democrats up there keep calling her little girl. Uh, which which party is more respectful of women? You know, if you ask, are women better leaders? Well, it all depends on the woman. It all depends on the man. Which which ones do you want to compare there? If somebody said, would would the world appreciate a Mrs. Columbus, Mrs. Garrity ticket? Uh, I think you and I would be like, yes. <laughs> the world would be in a much better place. There'd be a lot of issues about whether you can drink stuff on the couch. Various <laughs> other issues. Like the country, you know, there would be occasional tense disputes with either of these people in charge. But, uh, you know, 
So it's so, you know, and I'm sure the entire, you know, crowd there loved it when, when Obama said it. It was kind of like when, you know, uh, every time Eric Swalwell said, is, you know, we needed to have more women in government, thus people should elect him. Should we elect you so you can appoint more women, Eric? Or should we just actually elect a woman instead? But uh, that's that's where we are. Um, I guess all you have to do is make this kind of, you know, gesture or rhetoric. And all of a sudden you're a friend to women and you're an ally and la-di-da and all that stuff. Uh, yeah. So this was the Obama leaders overseas, huh, Greg? Yes. If there's anything we've learned from the Clinton Foundation, it's that there's nothing bad that could be going on with a president having a giant nonprofit operating overseas and involved in foreign territories for years. As far as we know, Michelle Obama's not running for president, and the Obamas may be done in, in political life. So if that's the case, fine. Go raise money from whoever you want. Speak to whatever groups you want. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I remember when presidential libraries were just these obscure things, and, you know, they had, you know, talking head con- you know conferences and stuff like that. It was those are the good old days, Greg. Yeah. Set up your library, sit on a couple of boards, write an op-ed once in a while. It's pretty much a gig. Be there at the library openings of other former presidents. Um, fascinating stuff. Uh, I, I think of, obviously, there have been ver- some very good uh, female leaders. Uh, Margaret Thatcher, of course, is the first one to come to mind. Uh, Hillary Clinton, not so good. Never made it to president, of course, in case she forgot. Uh, Theresa May, not that fantastic, but uh, others have been uh, around the world. And uh, so it, it, it's one of these identity issues, again, where Democrats just want to say, "Ooh, this demographic would be great instead of actually looking at the individual. That's uh, one of the big differences between left and right. And, uh, Jim, a lot of people are thinking, you know, obviously this has uh, been a politically exhausting stretch here for the last few years. But uh, at any point since uh, he left office, have you missed Barack Obama or how he is uh, profoundly disappointed with us from time to time? (laughs) Um, I I will observe. I feel like there's been a familiar trait carried over from the Obama years to the Trump years. It's when the president, uh, when something terrible happens in the federal government, the president's like, I had no idea. This is the first time hearing of it. Oh, I'm I'm as shocked and appalled as it. Somebody ought to do something about that. You know, as we used to get from Obama about the IRS and the Veterans of Department of Veterans Affairs and HHS and healthcare.gov. It was all, Obama was always as upset as any of us. And somebody really should look into this. Well, Mr. President, you're the president. You can do this. But yeah. Greg, somehow I've turned in this whole process of, of impeachment and everything has turned me into Bella Crowley. <laughs> you can do it. You can do it, Mr. President. Oh. I cannot do it, but you can do it. <laughs> I also love your, ref- your, ref- your reference to Eric Swalwell. Beto was kind of the same way. It's like, I'm going to pander as much as I need to here, but not to the point of compromising my own selfish political ambitions. That was, uh, those are good moments. Yeah, I mean, I am the white male who can empower women. <laughs> okay. Jim, happy impeachment day. Tomorrow we'll be on to something else probably. See you then. See you tomorrow, Greg. Jim Garrity, National Review. I'm Greg Columbus of Radio America. Thank you so much for being with us today. And don't forget about our friends over at Plexiderm. Try Plexiderm.com, promo code Martini at checkout. Please subscribe to the podcast, leave us a nice review, and join us on Thursday for the next Three Martini Lunch.